and welcome back to another episode of Club C47. I am one of your loyal hosts, Sally Dargriffin. And I am your other host, Andrew Finn Houston. And it's our one year anniversary! Let's pop some confetti, champagne. Yeah. Let's celebrate. As of right now, today it is Tuesday, September 8th, as we were recording, and we recorded our first episode a year ago. Yeah. Did you think we would get this far? Like, I uh, did not think we would. Yeah, I, I knew we were going to get here, but it's 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 weird that we're finally here. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just like, okay, well, because if you listen to our first episode, which we should go back and listen to it at some point, which I actually did over quarantine, we talk about what we want to do, like, in our time in mm-hmm. grad school and, like, what our aspirations are. But also, we had only known each other a week when we filmed that episode so if anything this is our year and one week friend anniversary as well yeah around then wild the the fact that we've known each other for only a year where i feel like we talk all the time or we have a lot of good conversations where i feel like we know each other for more than a year that's like the crazy part of it all yeah in my um jabs class this morning which is a workout Mm -hmm. me and my roommate megan do at the end of it you know they say like inspirational things and she was like where were you a year ago like what were you trying to accomplish like where do you want to go from here? Like what? And just saying, I was like, Oh my God, a year ago, I was sitting in Andrew's apartment <laughs> recording a podcast. Yeah. Funny. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so happy. I know. Congrats to us. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to our listeners for making it this far. Yeah. In, in our journey. I don't know how many total episodes that we've had, but I think like over 50. Yeah. I, I think that's around then. Yeah. And, and it, we always keep the conversation going. It seems like mostly we gear towards film and television, but then every now and then we'll talk about our personal lives. But I feel like we have done a good job, like keeping the conversation going, being engaged. And of course, for anyone who's listening, if they have ideas of things we can talk about in the future, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. And honestly, right now on our, um, podcast we have season one season two which was like divided by semester but i think that this should be our first episode of season three because we okay. started a new school year and like it's kind of a new chapter you know do, yeah. what do we think is this season three episode one let's do it i'm okay, okay with let's that. do it and we got some new music recently that's now on spotify right yes our editor tradio lopez on um oh tradio head on instagram and letterbox trey lopez has our music that he does for our podcast. It is now on Spotify. That's really exciting. I follow him on Instagram, so it's easy to find him that way. But they're they're good bops. People message me all the time asking like where to find them. And now you can play them on your iPod. Love it. iPod, iPhone. Who has an iPod anymore? <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> you can Nano. play it on your iPod Nano. Your shuffle. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's super exciting. We skipped last week because again, like new chapter. Yeah. Things are very chaotic oh, this month. We were both on a film set this past weekend. We were. Do you want to talk? He was the assistant director. So Andrew, you want to talk about the set a little bit? Yeah. And so I don't know how much I should be talking about it because it is more of like a personal project. And I know the director definitely wants to keep it more on the down low, but between the listeners and I, I guess you can keep this a little secret. We were on a film set this weekend. We were very COVID compliant, very small group of people. I was making sure that everyone was safe and doing well. And Sally Dar was doing some behind the scenes for it. And it was for one of our good friends at school and we shot mainly at our house and on a soccer field. And I, I felt the script itself was really good. It was actually based off a true story, which is really rare you see in student films. I don't think a lot of students want to tackle like the based off true events type story. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice working on a story. And so I know like prepping to it, the director had the actors meet the person, the story was based off kind of getting a little more idea. And I think as a director, 
that was a good idea to like hear someone else's story and how can you bring that character to life? And so I really like the actresses on set. I don't know what you thought of them. Yeah, they were wonderful. Very kind, talented. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then, and then we did a little bit of um, some sporty scenes because there was something that took place in a soccer field. And so, yeah, it was nice to be back on set. Of course, it wasn't the sets we knew before because again, we were very COVID compliant and social distancing when we can and, the, the the dynamic of the set was definitely different from mm-hmm. what we knew, but it was exciting to kind of get back into the groove of it in some capacity and see some of our classmates, if not in the most normal way, but like we saw yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was, uh, it, it's different, and we have to normalize it, I guess, for a little bit. Yeah, of time. Yeah, but it was good. It was happy to jump back into things. But yeah, so we did that over the weekend, which yeah. is probably contributing to the fact that we skipped a week. We, Andrew had a lot of prep to do for that. Yeah. I mean, and then school, I think for both of us already kicked in like full gear. Yeah. And like everything around us. Like I know I'm starting an internship this week. Sally Dar is also doing some fun video work, <laughs> you could say here and there. And so we're definitely busy, but we promise we will still remain loyal yes. as hosts here and there. One year going on two, going yeah. on three, who knows? Yeah. So do you have any goals for <laughs> this next year? Oh, that's a good question. Should we get merch? Oh my God. Should we get merch? Well, speaking of merch, are you getting letterbox merch? I don't know. I, I So letterbox merch has been going on for a while. And so... <laughs> yeah, when I brought that up, you were like, okay, they've done merch before. Yeah. And it's... It, it looks cool. I like it a lot. I'm like, if you want to buy me something, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go out of the way to buy the merch because I don't know if I need so much merch. I spend so much money on A24 merch where I'm like... True. You did just like do a like big haul on I, A24 <laughs> stuff, dare I say. You did. Just the poster. <laughs> just the poster. And then I'm waiting for like the Lady Bird and Florida Project screen. Like I'm waiting for those books to drop. That's what I... Oh my God. The day that those come out. Oof. It'd be cool if Letterboxd did like a, a coffee table book. I would absolutely... I would love in, a good coffee table book. Invest in that. But the hat, I mean, it was cool. But most people... I'm so tall. Most people can't even see what's on my head um, whenever I wear a hat. And then the, the sweatshirt's nice. It's so hot in California. Trail. Like... I don't know. You you even posted a video. I saw your video. <laughs> yeah, I haven't shut up about the Letterboxd merch. I think I tweeted about it. I posted on my Instagram story and I did a TikTok about it. And I also bought the hat. In the oh, so you did buy it. I did buy it. I just feel like if anyone's going to buy it, like it's me, you know? And I come back to part of like merch is nice to have just because, you know, we like clothes and we like, you know wearing things that we enjoy mm-hmm. but also because if there's something that you support then it's almost like giving back where it's like i use the app so much and it is free to use unless you pay for like the bigger memberships mm-hmm. and like this is a way to support the platform and so it's yeah. almost like a donation but like i'm getting something in return so i don't know i kind of felt like okay i've used this i should support them let's buy it well good for you for supporting them Thanks. I know I'm just such a saint, you know, just applying. I should transfer some of my like A24 allowance into the letterbox. Yeah. Because I do want to become a patron eventually on letterbox Mm -hmm. because I do really love the app so much and I've only gotten to pro so far. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I should spend some money on that. I don't, I don't know where I want to invest my money when it comes to like film merch. Yeah. You know, I, um, have kind of been bad about using letterbox lately just since moving, but for one of my classes, which, I have tomorrow. 
every week we have to watch two things, either two movies, one movie, one TV show, whatever, two things. And we kind of have to just write a reflection about it, what you liked, disliked, what you thought, just very general proof that you watched it. Mm -hmm. And so I need to get back in that routine of watching two, at least two movies Mm -hmm. a week. I want to do movies because I just want to get back into movies a little bit more because I watch TV more regularly. So hopefully I get back into the swing of being on Letterbox yeah. in the way I was during quarantine. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Do you know what you're going to watch? No. Well, I did watch... I watched the Beyonce concert Netflix thing, which I guess isn't a movie movie, but I could still write about it from my reflection. I did watch Magic Mike mm-hmm. last night. Okay. I will admit I had never seen Magic Mike. And for some reason, you know, like when you are on Netflix and it just scrolls through various options, like it's yeah. just a... So Catherine and I were just sitting there last night and Magic Mike popped up on just like the scroll thing. And I was like, oh, I've never seen Magic Mike. And then she just hit play. She's like, you have to see it. And I was like, true. Like I do need to see it before I die. It was bad. Okay. It was definitely bad. Yeah. What I found most shocking is that the lighting was so yellow. It was so yellow. Mm-hmm. Was it like a bright? I don't remember. Is it like a bright yellow or is it more of like a paleish yellow? It just looked like, you know, when you go into a parking garage or something and there's just like that yellowy, like like that sick yellow lighting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was just like that. Like it just felt very like just depressing yellow lighting, which I think was their intention to be like, oh, all of these people that are like kind of down on their luck and like yeah. stripping for money. So like whenever they weren't in the club, it was just like this yellow lighting. And I was like, I get it. Like you're trying to remind me that things aren't as good as, I don't know. It was, Mm. it was just overkill though. Like it was so yellow. Also not the best story, but that wasn't, that's not why the movie was made. The movie was made because they got a cast of hot men to strip on the big screen. It's directed (laughs) by Steven Soderbergh. Who oh. I was I'm always shocked when I remind, I always like when I remind myself that it is directed by him I'm so shocked because I see him as like an independent he's done a lot of interesting movies but like Magic Mike was not something I pictured him ever doing yeah I don't know Catherine and I talked about it though like I of course would direct that movie why not like what an opportunity like I would love would love to. It would just be fun, you know? Like, well, also, I wouldn't turn down to direct pretty much anything. Like, because yeah. it, I would have fun kind of directing whatever. But that movie would actually be more fun to direct than other movies that are quote unquote better. I actually watched it in a film class, Magic Mike. We, wait, yeah. I feel like we might. We, we definitely have talked yeah, about Yeah, but it. remind me. And then I like fell asleep in the middle of the whole movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was I've, the only movie, it was one of two movies I fell asleep in. What was the it, other one? It was a Hitchcock. Um, that was like very very old I, and I love Hedgecock but this one was really boring I yeah what it is but continue but yeah I watched Magic Mike 1 maybe I'll watch Magic Mike 2 mm. I can't believe there's two but also I totally can't yeah I'm not even gonna bother <laughs> <laughs> one uh, movie I start I watched on Netflix this week that got released on Friday was I'm Thinking of Ending Things mm-hmm. which is the Charlie Kaufman he was the he's, he's directed or written he wrote Becoming John Malkovich and Adaptation and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And then he adapted this book called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which stars Jesse Buckley, Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, and David Lewis, I think is how you pronounce it. And it, it wasn't really as good as other people have said it was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on Letterboxd were hyping it up this weekend. But for me, it wasn't. I didn't see all the hype. Maybe I'll watch it. that this evening. 
it, it's very good. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting story, you could say. And I think there is a lot of good dialogue interactions. You will notice in the beginning, like they're in the car for a long, long time, like the two characters. And usually like car scenes like last like two minutes, I feel tops, but this one lasted like 10 to 15 minutes oh, interesting. of them in the car, I would say. Oh, because I feel like one thing I always learned in film school is that a scene shouldn't last more than three pages, I think is what I've heard, Okay, which is like three minutes. Yeah, give or take, depending on the dialogue and the yeah. descriptions. So, I mean, that's like almost, that's like quadruple yeah. the amount of time. Interesting. Yeah, and I've heard it's diff- like the book and the movie do differentiate the way in terms of like the book reveals stuff later, where the movie reveals stuff earlier, if that makes sense. Hmm. So maybe that's one you could check out. Let yeah. me know what you think. If anyone's listening and wants to tell me what they think, they yeah. can tweet at me. I don't care. <laughs> Um, as we're speaking right now, Tenet is out. Yeah. Um, not anywhere near us from what I know. I know there's some drive-in I, th- theaters. There's some drive-ins. And then I've heard from some of the letterbox reviewers that are more like film critics. They said that they've been able to go to like private screenings. Like they would rent out a Cinemark room wow. for like a private screening. And apparently it's not as expensive as you would think. I mean, that's coming from like a film critic who does this for a living. So I'm yeah. sure they got a discount or something. But I've heard that's another thing that people have done. But like everyone else gets to see it like for fun everywhere else in the world except for here. It's like very hard to yeah. find one. Sad. That is sad. And as we're speaking right now, Dune, the trailer is coming out tomorrow. Yes. And I'm so excited. For, yes. I'm, I'm hoping this is like what saves 2020. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We I, could definitely use a savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I'm like, I, I look at my like ranked list of 2020 movies on Letterbox, and it's still pretty sad. I've only seen like nine. Yeah. I haven't seen that many either. Kind of. Yeah. Depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Also, uh, also speaking of sad news for some keeping up with the kardashians announced like probably 20 minutes ago before we started this recording that they plan to end in 2021 they're fine it's their 20th and final season which on one hand is like so crazy because it's been on the air for so long but it's also not because it's kind of shocking that it's lasted this long because they have so much money and they don't need the show Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, what created their whole thing. So, like, why wouldn't you keep the foundation of, like, what built you? Like, why wouldn't you keep that solid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, on one hand, like, very shocking. But also, it had to end at some point. They don't need it anymore. They don't need the show anymore. Yeah. Like, they have fame. It's just an invasion of their privacy. Now they can end the show and feel private for, like, a long time, which I feel like would be nice. I mean, yeah. they're celebrities, so they're still going to get, like in the heat of a bunch of gossip, but at least they don't have a whole camera crew and team like following them everywhere, you know? Yeah. I wonder what the, like the straw that broke the camel's back or like maybe they're what, maybe they just decided to end it. I mean, I know some of the sisters have just like not, they're not as interested in filming all the time, mm-hmm. but also it makes me think like outweighing the cost versus time of filming, like maybe just like the money they were making on it wasn't worth how much it costs them. Like, time-wise and invasion of their personal lives. And it's like, what was that price point? Yeah. I was like, maybe if you double that offer, maybe I would do... If you double that offer, maybe I would do another season. And so it's just probably such a big number. How much... Yeah, I was going to say, how much do you think they're making? I mean, you can obviously Google it. But my question... Like, 
for me, okay, if someone asks like, oh, we're going to film a reality show about your life, we're going to pay you $5. Clearly $5 isn't worth it to me. But if someone came to me and they're like, we're going to film a reality show in one season, I'm going to pay you a million dollars. Like, yeah, I'd probably do it. Mm -hmm. But for them, that number is so different. Yeah, It's like, hey, for a reality show, another season, like we'll pay you a billion. Like, is that enough for them or is it not? I literally don't know. It's scary to think about. (laughs) Gosh. And it's just the idea of like some people have so much money where it's like how how does one family make that much money off a television show, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's truly an empire. It's like the... It's some... Yeah, it's a modern like royal family. Like we don't have a royal family in the United States. Like what family would you pick? I feel like the Kardashians would be most people's answer. Yeah. And they're like trending on Twitter right now. Everyone's talking about how the season's ending. I'm sure Megan is like at home being shook by the news. I know. But now then the rewatch marathons are going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's even more money coming in. They're having like season one Kardashians like all day. All like... Wild. They'll get all the royalty for sure. For My sister yeah. was even watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians during quarantine. Like, from the beginning, yeah, we're not from the beginning, uh, or at least like like near the beginning, like in the middle. Like they were young, like teenagers. Some of the younger ones were like teenagers, kids yeah. at the po- at that point. Wow, I don't know how long twenty years, I guess, or twenty seasons. So I guess that's a long time to grow up. With. Yeah, you can see their entire lives. Like that's wow. It's sort of like um boyhood, where yeah, like that's like the fictional version of keeping up with the Kardashians. Yes. My question is, what do we think is going to replace it? Obviously, there needs to be another reality TV about a family. I know I'm blanking on the last name now. There is a new reality show coming out with the football player. He was in Kicking and Screaming. I know that's like not a good reference, but he has a reality show coming out with his family. Megan's really excited for it. So maybe that'll not replace it, but like that's another family reality show that's coming out soon. I don't know. Maybe one of these people always talk about like famous TikTokers getting reality shows, like the families, mm-hmm. like the Addison Ray and her family or like the D'Amelios getting a, maybe uh, this is positioning them to just. Yeah, get their own. Scary. Um, going back to what you said, uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is. I don't know what football team he played for, but that's who is getting their own reality. Yeah, it actually looks pretty good. So I'll be tuning into that. Megan wants to watch it, so maybe that'll fill fill the void for now. Yeah, but I don't know if that void will be filled. It might be a while. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a whole new generation coming up, especially people who are younger than us. They want to look up to someone who is maybe on their phone often, such as like someone on TikTok. So yeah, maybe that will come into play, but I'm sure they're making a bunch of money as is, so they might not even want the show. Yeah, who knows? Um, speaking of reality shows, Dancing with the Stars announced their cast, and in them is uh, Carol Baskins from Carol Baskins. Tiger King. Could you like? She is another example of someone who like pre quarantine wasn't known, and then there's the Tiger King comes out, and everyone's like, she killed her husband, and now look at she's on a reality show. Truly wild. I mean, we're thinking a year ago today we were in this apartment, and like we were at such a different place in our life, but like someone like that, there are some people that. Their lives have changed in just, you know, five months. Like mm-hmm. since like Carol Baskin, she was just living in Florida. Now she's just going to be on Dancing with the Stars in, L- in LA, wherever they film. Yeah. Um, really crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm curious how the show's going to work because it's a, a lot of other people are on it. Like Sky Jackson, Nelly's on it. Uh, shoot, I forget. Isn't the girl from Selling Sunset on it? Or yes. Yeah. No, someone from yeah. Selling... I haven't seen Selling Sunset, so I don't know the drama. I think her name's Chriselle. I've I've seen it, but I haven't. I've seen like a, a season, but now I'm blanking on which girls. Actually oh, Chriselle Stoss. Yeah, I, I think. think she's on it. 
Because I actually saw someone post a photo of Carol and Chriselle today, like standing a few feet away from each other. Oh. So I guess there was like a meeting going on. I don't know if it was photoshopped. It might have been photoshopped, honestly. <laughs> Caitlin Bristow's also on it. She was on The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Weir is a figure skater. He's also on the show. But there, it's an interesting cast. But I'm curious how it's going to work, like where they're going to perform. Are they going to perform on the stage with like a virtual audience in the background? Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen, like, you know how, like... The virtual fans? Yeah, like, the basketball games with the virtual fans. A lot of talk shows are starting, and I've heard that, like, they'll probably get the virtual fans. Like, how do you feel about Um, watching a show with a bunch of virtual fans also watching? Okay, on one hand, I think it's it's what you have to do, so that's fine. I think it's kind of strange, but it's also very funny because you can, like, submit... I think I could submit a photo of myself or a video of myself and be a virtual fan, and when you look... At the stands, I could be sitting next to like little Wayne. Like they do famous people amongst normal people that just submit their photos. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I'm cheering on the Saints in between Post Malone and Usher, you know? That's like, kind of cool. wild. Yeah. Cut. So I think for that reason, it's really hilarious. It would be cool if I was physically there sitting between Post Malone and Usher and having that conversation with them too. Yeah. That's, that's where I struggle with it is like, I want the people to be there. But also, like, I want to be there with the people and being able to experience it all together physically. But, I mean, obviously, we're not in that lifestyle anymore. We were talking about that. So, both my roommates, Megan and Catherine, they're both from New Orleans. Catherine is a really big Saints fan. We all are. But Catherine, like, really, she wants to do something in sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so, she just knows a ton about sports in general. But football season is starting up. Yeah. And, obviously, it's not going to be the same as what it was before. But we were talking about that, just going to a Saints game and being in the stands with other people. And also, you know, this is me just maybe being slightly biased, but Saints fans are just so loving. And when you like, really, I went to a Saints game with my parents and my sister. And when like you get a touchdown or when something amazing happens, you really are just like high-fiving everyone around you. Like, on giving hugs to strangers, which is like, again, that's probably why we are not going to be in the stands because like that behavior doesn't need to happen. But it's just like truly such a euphoric and like moving experience, like so much love that it actually makes me so sad. They released this promo video of like everyone cheering on the saints and basically being like, we're not together, but we're together essentially. Mm-hmm. And all of the videos of people in the stands just being so amazing. It really made me emotional. Yeah, I, I miss that feeling. I think everyone misses that feeling. Of uh, like a, a bond that yeah. you have with so many people, especially in sporting events. Yeah. That are staring. I, I've kind of been like glancing at some of the college football stuff and like, you don't really see the audience. And of course it just, it doesn't look fun. Like, I don't know if I would want to be doing that. Yeah. I know. It also sucks for the players too. Cause you, you know, they feed off that energy yeah. and I think they do play like sound effects. So it makes it feel like people are cheering. Or, I don't think that helps. You I know it can't. You, you need the people there to like cheer you on and yeah. make you feel good about what you're doing. I know. But it's, it's crazy. Cause like in quarantine, I feel like you, you think about, Oh, I miss like going to bars with my friends. And like, obviously you miss like your larger circle of friends, but you also kind of miss just like meeting strangers. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, I sometimes miss that more than like just my bigger group of friends because oh, yes. half the fun of like going to a bar, or going to a sports game is just to like, not even like necessarily interact with strangers too much, but it is just part of like, that's why we go to bars. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, you know, just our larger circle of friends, like we would just hang out at home all the time. Yeah. And you go to bars because you like that, the people watching and like meeting new people or potentially meeting new people are just, 
being a part of a greater community, whether or not you like fully interact with it or not. And I really miss strangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really do. Just like the similar intro, like even going to like a premiere night for a movie. That was always so much fun because like everyone was there for the movie and yeah. you would meet people that have like a similar interest than you. And then you can, they were usually our age and you could have a conversation with them and it's fun. And now we're having to connect in other ways. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I, feel, I feel like you and I have probably have used social media to our advantage where we're like, meeting other people, looking at other people's work. I mean, for you, it's more of TikTok. For me, it's maybe like Instagram or like meeting people through mutuals, you could say. And like, that's how we connect now. But it's also like, there are so many bars like right around the corner. It'd be nice to just go to a bar and meet someone and like have a fun night, you know, like hang out with people and get to know them, you know? Yeah. One day, maybe. Yeah. And that's that's like the the interesting thing with grad school right now. And I know like from, I know with LMU, we have like a mentor mentee relationship kind of thing for some of the students. And like my mentee was mentioning like how it's hard to connect with people like through zoom, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's basically it, especially for him starting a whole new chapter of his life. And you're starting off by seeing a screen, a small, like, two inch screen of like someone else's face and that's how you connect with them i mean like that kind of sucks yeah like really does suck and i feel like zoom is difficult because it doesn't really mimic real conversation because like you can't really talk over each other and i don't know i just don't feel like when you're on zoom it feels very like stop and go and okay now you speak and now and that's just not how real life works which is actually to tie this back into just film school and like movies and stuff Mm -hmm. that's how i feel a lot about when you're writing a script is that Sometimes it feels like, okay, this person says this, and then this person says this. And it's like, no, like normal conversation is me saying something, you saying, mm-hmm, or you cutting me off, or we overlap. And I, I just, I just miss real life. <laughs> well, this is real life. It's just this is real life with a twist. With you a twist. You can say right now. Yeah. But you know what? I think eventually, hopefully this will come back to normal, but if not, we have to deal with it and normalize it and you know the hard thing is like you know bars can't stay closed forever they have to open up and bring people together but it sucks because like we want to be vaccinated we want to be safe to know like that we can go to those places and feel safe too and but so it's all kind of like a we're all just kind of waiting right now we're in this like state of limbo purgatory you could say i don't know if you'd agree but yeah i think it's we're in this strange transition period where you are seeing people like go sit outside at bars but like not with big groups of friends. I mean, some people are, but like go sit outside of like with their, at a bar with their roommates or I don't know. I feel like it's just a weird transition. Like no one knows what to do. Like, or what's, I feel guilt, literally feel guilty for anything I do. Yeah. You know, like if I want to go grab a coffee at a, just a coffee shop outside, mm-hmm. I still am like, okay, well I could just have coffee at home. Like, is this wrong yeah. for me to do? So I feel like it's this transition period, but you know, I mean, at that point, you just have to make the decision that's best for you I and know. practice social distancing. And I'm sure for anyone who's listening, like, we are definitely encouraging y'all to wear masks and social distance. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. But I think, like, at this point, it's kind of just like, I think people at this point, like, the beach is like right nearby. People want to go to the beach. People want to hang out with other people. And it's, I think it's slowly going to start happening sooner than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, not to talk about Corona all the time. Yeah. Anything else happening with you this week? Are you excited for your internship? Yeah, uh, my internship starts this week. It's a long, going to be two long days on Monday and Wednesday. 
but I'm super excited because A, I get credit for it and B, it's just a whole new learning experience. I'm meeting new people. I'm going to yeah. connect with the people who work at this company and kind of get to know them and get to know a little more about the industry. So that's a really nice thing about it. And so I'm excited for that. My other classes are going really well so far besides the amount of homework. Um, one of them will encourage me to watch films every week. And then one of them is going to help me prepare for the film. I hope to film in the spring mm-hmm. at this point, like, who knows when, but I mean, at least I'm preparing for it. And then yeah. I'm doing like a visual design class. So it's going to help me practice like cinematography and like composition. And so hopefully when I can do more creative stuff, I have a few ideas of like creative projects I want to do. Um, like kind of like DIY style, you could say. Love it. Nice. Yeah. You know, one interesting thing that has happened to me. So I want to do comedy, write comedy for TV. <laughs> and so this semester I'm taking an original pilot for drama and original pilot for comedy. So I will write two original scripts for both of those. And I have an idea for my drama. I have that figured out. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I want to do for my comedy. And it's so strange because I feel like I normally have the opposite problem. Yeah. But I don't know what I want to do my comedy about. Is there anyone that like, you know, that kind of inspires you? Like... Like your roommates have an inspiration. Yeah, but friends. it's like I don't want to write. I feel like all of the stories I write tend to be I actually tweeted this the other day. The protagonist is always a twenty-something-year-old girl who doesn't know what she wants to do with her life, and it's like, okay, clearly the story's about you. Yeah, and I just I don't want to do that. I I, 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 don't I, know. I almost all my stories relate to some coming of age person in their high school slash college years. It sometimes has to do with the love story. I feel like I always do the same thing over and over again. But I also think that like showcases your voice as a person. You yeah. Know? But you want to switch it up too. I, I I can tell just by your facial reactions. You're like trying to find like yeah. something else. Well, Nikki in my class actually made a good point. She was like, I looking at everything I've written before. I have never written from the point of view of a man. Like I've written from females of different ages or different sexualities, but I have never written just from a man's point of view. Mm-hmm. And I, I never have either because I, I just, I don't know. I just haven't. Yeah. And also, I don't know what kind of comedy I want to do, but also just like what style comedy do I want to write a sitcom like Seinfeld or Friends? Do mm-hmm. I want to write more of a, I don't know, something like Schitt's Creek that's more of like the modern sitcom mm-hmm. or you know, kind of like a dark comedy, something like Barry. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what kind of comedy I want to do. So I'm at a loss. That's what I'm doing this week. I have to come up with three ideas. Well, they don't have my teachers very lenient. Like if you have one idea that you're really passionate about, then she doesn't care if you have two other ones. But I need to come up with a few ideas for Thursday. So okay. I have 48 hours, a little over 48 hours. That's a hard, it's so hard when you have to come up with an idea. Like, so see, one time I had like 30 minutes. She was like, she like told us in class, she's like, I, I need you guys to pitch your stories in 30 minutes. And no one knew we were pitching that day. Uh-huh. And so I had like 30 minutes to think of a story idea. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's so hard to like, just pitch yeah. and come up with an idea. And then. You have to ride with it. You know, whatever you pitch, like that's basically what you're riding with for the semester. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't like pitching is because once you pitch it, it's like, okay, well, this is what I have to spend the next few months doing. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. Luckily, the teacher for my comedy class, she's very flexible. Very. If I, three weeks from now, I said, I hate this idea. She'd be like, fine. Then change it. But you have to like catch up to mm-hmm. where everyone else is. So 
We'll see. I'll update you guys next week on yeah. if I came up with an idea or not. Are you going to try to turn out pages quickly? <laughs> well, so first for all of my classes, we're going to start with just a beat sheet and go over like breaking down like the structure of the episode. And then I don't know how many weeks in we'll start writing pages, but I personally like writing pages more so than planning it out because at last year when I was writing or last semester, when I was writing my feature script, I just felt like I was beating out the movie script for so long, which obviously a movie needs to have a strong structure, more of a strong structure than a mm-hmm. TV show, I would argue. But I just felt like I planned it to the point where I felt like a lot of the images of scenes in my head were lost. Okay. And so right now, especially for my drama pilot, I can actually just like see the episode in my mind, at least the beginning part. Like I can tell you the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'd honestly rather just like write those 10 pages now and then beat it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come back, like get the 10 pages done, then do the whole outline and yeah. then get back into it. Yeah. So I, and also because I'm really bad at procrastinating. And so <laughs> I need to start writing pages sooner in the semester yeah. rather than later, because once it gets to the end, I'll be like, wow, I have 30 pages to write mm-hmm. in two days, which is, it can be done. I yeah. did do yeah, that. I did, did the, the other time. I do um, so it is possible, but it's not preferred. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get you on the blacklist too. We have to get a script good enough from you to go publish it on blacklist or whatever, mm-hmm. and then hopefully maybe it'll get picked up because that's how a lot of scripts get started if it's on the blacklist. Yeah, I think you know that's really just the goal. If anyone out there listening wants to hire me, pick up an idea. Salidar <laughs> is ready to just get hired and go to work. Aren't we all though? If someone came, I'm, I'm like. Sorry. Wow, popular boy. No, that was... I've been getting <laughs> the same phone calls from, like, my hometown for the whole week now. Oh, do you think it's about voting? It, it better not be. I think it's just, like, like solicitors scamming yeah. me some other way. So, sorry if you heard that. No, you know what's crazy? I got a phone talk call today from a Los Angeles area code, so I answered it. And they were like, hey, um, is this Sally? We're with blah, 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 apartments. We were wondering if you were still looking for a place. And I was like, no. <laughs> I've had that happen before. That is wild. Yeah, we're getting too many <laughs> phone calls. But we're also almost at the end of our episode. That's so, so true. At this point, I think we can call it's it... It's a sign. Yeah, we can call it. So thank you all for listening. If you want to find us on social media, you can find Sally Dar ads. Sally Dar Griffin on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Sally Dar on Letterboxd and Twitter. Cool. And you can find me at avianhouston15 on everywhere. So. Yeah. And our editor and our music composer, Tradiohead on Instagram and Letterbox. Thank you, Trey, for editing this. We love you. Awesome. And happy one year, Andrew. Happy one year. And thank you all again for listening. And we're definitely going to celebrate this weekend. So um, you guys stay awesome. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.